You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. And we're back for a special Halloween edition of Money Talk. Uh, I'm sitting here wearing my ghost chic costume. I wish you could see, but it's radio. You're just going to have to imagine. Joining me today are Alex Wong, the director of Alex K.Y. Wong Asset Management. Good morning, Alex. Hi, good morning. Good to have you back on the show. And we welcome Steen Jakobson, the CIO of Saxo. Steen, welcome to our show. Thank you very much. Uh, great to have you both on. Gentlemen, um, I want to kick off this morning uh, looking at this news from HSBC, uh, you know, Big profits reported in Q3 compared to the year before, admittedly below expectations, so some good, some bad. Um, do you guys, I, I want to hear what you think either specifically about HSBC or what you think about it means for the broader banking sector. I think for HSBC, people are a little bit concerned about the operating expenses. I think it has come a little bit higher than expected and people expect it to remain high. And, um, and also about the... Um, exposure to Chinese uh, uh, commercial real estate markets. I think that is another concern. So um, for, for for its own cooperation, I think uh, it is looking okay because uh, I think uh, interest margin actually would improve and probably loan quality may not deteriorate much further. So I think uh, as a whole, HSBC probably would be supported by the uh, share buyback program, would not uh, go down too much. But in the meantime, I think the upside also is not too much as well, because I think uh, people are a little bit concerned about the factors that I've mentioned. Uh, Alex, it's interesting that you say they, they're maybe worried about their exposure to the Chinese property market. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you heard in the uh, kind of our, our news roundup that Noel Quinn was talking up mm. the Chinese property market. Saying, don't worry, it's bottomed out. We've no problems anymore. It's all, you know, I mean, do you think he's talking it up to uh, keep keep it alive? and <laughs> I, I, I think that even if it is improving, it would take a really long time to, to, to get back. Uh, uh, and and it is uh, really difficult to see um, it come back to to, to go back to the previous uh, uh, level. I think I think uh, right now probably the worst uh, is not yet to come. I think we probably may still see some shock uh, uh, because of Echo and or Country Garden. So we may still see some shock. But uh, of course, I think uh, uh, for those uh, well-positioned and well-managed developers, probably the, the worst is over. Yeah, yeah. Steen, uh, uh, I mean, what is your thinking on this vis-a-vis the banks' interest rates? And it's uh, pretty clear in a global context that the banks are doing miserably. If you look at the U.S. major central banks, they're all uh, way down on the year. They have this. Uh, concept of uh, keeping maturities to uh, to uh, maturity uh, to maturity you know bank of america has like 300 billion dollars worth of losses uh, on the books which technically they will argue is not there but you know lost money is lost money as any investor know mm-hmm. and uh, if we look for this specific reason and the uh, the reference made to the chinese property market i think some people are confusing investment uh, and investment has two components one is price which is the one we report on and we look at the other one is value and and, and maybe uh, the uh, the chairman of SBC is right about the price but I doubt he's right about the value because as Alex is alluding to there is still a huge amount of refinancing that needs to happen in that sector and more importantly it happens in a context where uh, certainly we see this in Hong Kong in my opinion we see it in China as well where the consumer is holding back so we see a huge amount of defensiveness 
And if the market was to improve, I also see we will see a huge amount of unloading from retail and private customer into the same market. So, yeah, maybe on price, but certainly not on value. Mm. I mean, China's got a new uh, top dog on the economy. Um, I mean, is are interest rates in China something that he can influence or? You, through the, the PBOC or other other measures? I have an extremely simplistic view on interest rate globally. Uh, mm-hmm. Countries like uh, Hong Kong and, and China is really end of the day driven by the U.S. Uh, monetary policy. Uh, so, yeah, the, the interest rate can, can go down, but it will be driven by what I foresee to be the Fed being done, the ECB being done, the RBA being done. Uh, I think this whole concept that you also refer to in your lead-in that, that, that we have an upside surprise on economic growth is, is at best an illusion and at worst a mirage. Mm, Alex, uh, you, know, are you, you know, the American economy continues to defy all predictions of recession, uh, although now it seems maybe like the shoe is about to drop. What, where, where's, your, where's your head in this? I think of, uh, America actually probably may go into recession finally because if you look at the guidance from... Um, Corporates which have reported earnings uh, recently, they are actually um, guided lower because of the um, uh, expected uh, impact from high interest rates because consumer actually may spend less. And also, I think corporate would have difficulties in, in, in getting refinancing. Probably, uh, they, they, they probably would be difficult. And, and even if they can do it, they will do it at a much higher rate. So that would hurt corporate earnings as well. So I think... Uh, we probably may see financial recession finally coming in the U.S. And for China, I think uh, the, the the biggest problem is to um, manage the RMB, I think, because uh, they probably need to make the interest rate lower. But uh, the point is uh, they also may, may not like to see the RMB to depreciate at a very fast pace. So I think that is the difficulty they are facing right now. Hmm. Yeah. Is there any upside, for example, for the United States? I mean, if... Uh, if, if consumers are feeling the pinch, uh, maybe people, if they, they own houses or properties, are, are more of them likely to go back to work? I mean, because that's been one of the great, you know, that's been one of the biggest problems in the U.S. economy is a, is a labor shortage. People haven't been coming back to work. Um, but if they're feeling the hit, you know, if they're feeling not as rich as they used to be, but they're, you know, they're not getting their COVID handouts, uh, is, is it likely that more people will choose to reenter the workforce and help to moderate labor costs and inflation on that front? Steen? Uh-huh. On the margin, probably, but you, and and I'm sure you're unaware, but uh, already in terms of the U.S. labor market, if we look at these sort of low-paying jobs, Mm. many people hold double jobs. (laughs) So, I mean, so if it's not already, you know, sort of creating a demand in terms of what the compensation is on a job, then it's not going to do additional. And then we have the whole demographic deficit that continues to drive, of course, the supply side of these uh, uh, labor side. And you have the fact that uh, it's it's very difficult for the uh, for for the lower rung of the U.S. income uh, to to maintain their disposable income. I mean, as we talk here today, we have the highest ever credit rate, we have the highest ever mortgage rate, and we have the highest ever uh, car financing rate. So at the margin, I think people are are moving into despair almost, and and it's mm-hmm. interesting because of course it happens into a political cycle that probably will see one of the most fragmented political uh, fights ever in, in, in U.S. history. Uh, and there's a few fights that go prior to this that was pretty, pretty, pretty uh, heavy as well. But this one is really about where America want to stand on foreign policy, but not least on inequality and the coherence and, and sort of the social contract of the U.S. And that social contract is going to be a big issue uh, across the board. 
Hmm. Um, Alex, uh, how does how does that impact on markets if we have a you know kind of very very contentious election next year in the United States? I think uh, people probably used to expect uh, uh, some good performance in the market before the elections. But I think this mm. time probably may change because I think the political culture actually has changed. And also I think uh, uh, in the past the, the stimulus actually is targeting on the economy. And I think the market actually is, uh, is helped by the economy, not by the policies. So I think it is indirect uh, uh, beneficiaries. So I think uh, they probably may not care too much about the market performance. So, and we, if we do have a recession, then probably that is the bad case scenario right now because people probably expect rate to pick and then we may see interest rate to go down in the US. But uh, in the meantime, I think we need to monitor the bond market closely. Actually, the bond new rise act, uh, actually could translate to already three or four times rate higher already. So I think uh, that is the concern right now. And I think uh, uh, we should not be too optimistic before the election this time. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I guess the election season is going to kick off in earnest in the United States, but closer closer is uh, the Fed meeting this week. Uh, a lot of central banks, you know, traditionally their mandate has been to keep inflation down. More of late people are saying, oh, and, you know, do some good on the uh, unemployment front. Uh, it might be too much. What, what are you guys expecting from the Fed this week? And, is it, and what impact will it have? Uh, one thing is what Alex just said is that the Fed rhetorically probably will tip their hat to the fact that we've seen uh, the, the money market, the bond market doing tightening on behalf of the Federal Reserve that equates to somewhere between two and four hikes. That's one. The two is they probably cite international conditions as a concern. And, and three, they will continue to sort of uh, hone in on the... Uh, uh, the the impact, the transmission, the lack that happens in monetary policy. You have to remember that the reason why interest rate is uh, so slow to do anything to the economy is it takes a lot of time. I mean, mm-hmm. a marginal change in interest rate means that you, at a minimum, need 9 to 12 months before you see the consequences of that policy. And I think uh, this week, Fed will probably... Be, uh, be underlying this concept that, that, that now we see the impact on the monetary market. For, for my money, I, I think the, if I was in the audience as a journalist, I would ask him, how concerned are you about a market event and a liquidity event? I think it's, it's more than 50-50 that the Fed will start cutting rates, not because we reached the recession, as I agree with Alex on, but simply because the market is out of control in terms of the velocity of the interest rate moves. Mm, Alex? Yeah, same. I think uh, they probably would stay stay whole first. I think because uh, they don't need to raise the short-term rate because the long-term rate is already going high. The market has uh, done the way high for them already. Uh, and I think that they probably would uh, remain um, cautious and point out the inflation actually is still not contained and they need to monitor more closely on data. So probably they would still maintain that conservative stance and try to convey the market that uh, they probably would still monitor the inflation and the economy both, I think. Okay. Uh, Steen, uh, we've only got a couple of minutes left. I'm not going to let you get out of here without talking about bond yields because I know you've uh, just put out some research on that. What's your take on that? You're, You're quite bullish on long bonds. I'm very bullish because the uh, I think Fed is done, as, as we just discussed. But more importantly, <clears throat> even if you are wrong, they're maximum going to do one or two more hikes, which means as a bond investor being paid between 5 and 6%, depending where you are on the curve, just the roll down, just the ability to stand put is, is going to make you a huge amount of money. So I will actually wager that it is 
close to impossible to lose money if you buy two-year government bonds uh, globally because that is the part of the cycle that has been elevated. That is the part of the cycle that has impacted and net-net-net. So the compounding of this is, is pretty, pretty powerful. It's pretty sad to say because Alex and I likes to do uh, punchy, punchy calls on the market. But uh, for the first time in my 30 years, I probably will say I'm hugely overweight fixed income, in particularly in the short end. Wow. Okay. I mean, that's that's interesting uh, that you're you, you're not a traditional bullish on bonds. Um, are, are you know, worried about missing out on some upside if you're locked up? Not not at all. I think the, 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 the this is the time. I mean, J.P. Morgan said in in 1912 that you know gold is money, everything else is paper. And I think we get into that point with reference to the uh, to the bond market. I think it's 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 time to just be defensive. Don't panic, but it's time to be defensive. And, and why not get paid 5 6% while you're panicking? Hmm. All right, uh, Alex, you got 20 seconds to yay or nay. Are you with him? Yeah, yeah I am with him on the short end. I think that the long, long energy is uh, more, more difficult because uh, uh, we actually have the term uh, uh, term premium actually arises from the market right now. So people probably will be concerned about the long-term uh, stability of the repayment ability of the U.S. government. But I think for the short end, uh, two years, I think that, that would be okay. I think that this is a, a good investment. Okay. Well, thank you very much for joining us, gentlemen. Uh, you know, I was feeling a little apprehensive coming in here with Halloween come, but you guys have put my mind at ease. There are Steen Jakobsen, the CIO of Saxo, and Alex Wong, the director of Alex K.Y. Long Asset Management.